know, it's the, the joy of the season. Cheryl and I recently were in Charlotte, North Carolina for a, a 50th anniversary of a, a church. Um, and they invited us because the church we had pastored, it was our first church to pastor 39 years ago in Charlotte, uh, had merged more or less with this church. And so they invited us back. And Cheryl and I uh, took a side trip and, and went over to see our old church. It was still standing. It was owned by another congregation now. And uh, we stood there and, and, we, and we just reminisced of all that took place over those four years that we were there, just very young pastors. And we had a bus ministry in those days. Anybody remember the days of bus ministries? And every Saturday I would go out and knock on doors. And, and we had this rather large family called the Harkey family. Doesn't that kind of fit Charlotte? The Harkey family. And they had one boy named Michael. And Michael was an absolute pistol. Uh, there was, you had to climb steps to get into the foyer of the church and that bus would pull up and Michael would run up those steps, run through the doors and, and slide across the tile floor of that, of that foyer there at that church. Well, one Sunday, it was around Christmas, uh, we, we didn't have children's church, so we, <laughs> we assigned adults to the bus children. It's always a good thing to do when they're in the service. And Michael was sitting with Vic. He chose Vic uh, to sit with every Sunday. Uh, in fact, one Sunday, Cheryl was sitting in front of Vic and Michael, and uh, a note came flying over the pew. And Cheryl took the note, and, and she opened it up, and it was written, on the note was written, I love you, Vic. So he was trying to set up something between Cheryl and Vic. Oh, Michael, he was a, so Michael that Sunday, I don't know, something was going through his mind and he looked at Vic and he said, Vic, I'll give my heart to Jesus if you'll buy me a Christmas present. <laughs> the joy of the season. And that's kind of what this scripture's about. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. I bring you good news of great joy. The angel made this proclamation to a group of shepherds. I find that very interesting. I find it interesting because the shepherds were social outcasts in their day. Uh, they were, they were uh, poor very poor. They were often uneducated. They were really unclean. They were certainly uncouth. In fact, I read somewhere, a writer said that if, if someone saw uh, a shepherd in that small town walking down the street, they would, they would take their family and cross to the other side so that they didn't have to come into contact with that shepherd. 
they were, they were considered to be just nominal parts. They were on the fringe, if you will, of society. In fact, they, they couldn't even be called to testify in a, in a court hearing. They were just social outcasts. But they were also ceremonially unclean, so they were spiritual or religious outsiders, as one writer said. Because their work was considered to be ceremonially unclean, they were not allowed, they were not allowed to come into the temple courts and worship. They were, they were just, they were, they were really the social and spiritual outcast of their day. And yet, and yet on the night of the birth of the Son of God, it wasn't the scholars it wasn't the banker. It, it, it wasn't the attorneys. It wasn't even the doctors that the angel came to. But rather, it was the shepherds. And it's interesting to me that God chose to announce the birth of his son to these lowly shepherds actually doing their jobs. I recall another shepherd tending his father's sheep when God directed Samuel to look for a new king to lead his people. Do you recall what God said to Samuel? Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks where? at the heart. And Samuel asked Jesse, he said, do you have any more sons? And he said, Jesse said, yeah, the youngest, the youngest, I still have one son left, the youngest. And this is what Jesse said, he's tending the sheep. David, the shepherd boy, became the great king of God's people. Had another thought about that. Isaiah foresaw the birth of the Messiah. Uh, Brother Joe Warrington spoke on that uh, the first night in chapel, where Isaiah wrote, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Great joy, Isaiah writes about. But then later on, he talks again about this son given to us. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Surely he took upon our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Do you see how that all connects to the 
announcement to the shepherds. The shepherds considered to be the lowly outcast, the, the religious outcast, if you will. But you see, God doesn't look on man's appearance. He looks where? Into their heart. Now, it says that the shepherds were, were fearful. I wonder why. I mean, there you are, tending your sheep, and all of a sudden the sky is full of angels. Now, at the least it would freak me out, if not cause fear to come to me. And the scripture says that they were frightened. They, 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 they had never seen anything like this. It was unbelievable. It just, it just got a hold of them. They didn't know what to do with it. And yet the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Let me ask you today, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Let's be honest. Let's be honest today. We're surrounded by a lot of fear, right? I mean, yesterday we saw a video on what to do if a gunman comes on our campus. I, I would venture to say that's the first time we've ever had a film like that on this campus. Now, Professor Attic would probably know if we'd ever seen anything like that before. I, in fact, my, my son-in-law told, told our eight-year-old son, uh, eight-year-old grandson came home from school one day and he was really frightened. You know why? Because they showed a film like that for, to the children on what to do in case a gunman came into the school. Terrorism, uh, health issues, you just name it. The question is, what are you afraid of? Today, I, um, we were at our son's church in, in Dallas back in the summer, and uh, I, I, was, I was just taken by how many young couples and young people were there, and, and it's just unbelievable. But the thing that struck me, one of my son's best friends is head of security at that church, head of security. When I pastored, 20 years ago, I would have never thought about a head of security in a church. And then I looked at all of the doors. There, there, wasn't, there wasn't just big guys standing there. There were policemen with vests on and guns strapped on them protecting every door in that church. So what, what are you afraid of today? But the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. So what is this good news that will cause great joy for all the people? Verse 11 says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. God is inviting a group of shepherds social outcasts, religious outsiders to the town of the great shepherd king to witness the fulfillment of the prophecy of old. And what is this good news? A savior has been born. 
A Savior has been born. We're reminded that salvation is a gift from God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We know that salvation is for all humankind as as Paul wrote in Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter if you're a social outcast. It doesn't matter if you're a religious outsider. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation promises to each and every one of us forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Salvation assures no condemnation. In John 3.18 we read, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. A Savior has been born. Salvation comes from God. It's for all humankind. It promises to us forgiveness and it gives to us the assurance of no condemnation. But the writer also says a Savior has been born who? To you. It's a personal promise. It's a personal promise. He's been born to you. So the question is, what should our response be to this promise of Christmas joy? Let's note the response of the shepherds. They received by faith the message God sent to them. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They received the message by faith. They responded with immediate obedience. So they hurried off, it says in verse 16, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And they reported the good news to others. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. So they received it. They immediately responded, and they told others. I think Jim Russum spoke to our students last night along the same line of being obedient to the call, surrendering to the call, and then telling others about what God has done for you. I I read this story by Catherine Keller. She was driving into the city, and she was with her daughter and son-in-law and their little baby, uh, toddler, if you will. Uh, And so the grandma was in the back seat trying to entertain the little toddler. And she was singing church songs to the little toddler. And one of the songs she was singing was a song by Andre Crouch. It said, soon and very soon, 
we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Again, she said, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. And the little granddaughter looked up and said, no, grandma, we're going to the mall. What I would ask you this, this Christmas season, this Advent season, is that you look for the coming of the King. Oh yeah, we have the mall, and we have the online buying, and we have all of that. But let's not let any of that distract us from the fact that the King has come and the king will come again. I love how Isaac Watts put it in that great uh, hymn, Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love and the wonders of his love. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And the people of God said, Amen. Let's stand together. You know, David, you're here. Can we sing Joy to the World? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive our King. Let every heart prepare him And heaven and nature sing And heaven and nature sing And heaven and nature sing Joy to the world the Savior brings Let men their songs we look forward to Friday night when we gather to have a great Christmas celebration here in this room and I trust all of you will be able to be here it's going to be a wonderful evening and um, we're so thankful Jan that Jerry is strong enough to 
prepare the meal this year for us, and we keep praying for him. We want to keep praying for Tom King. You know Tom had surgery, and uh, they had to do a little more work on him than, than they anticipated. And he, He's a trooper. He was here last night on crutches teaching his class, and, but we really need to pray that God will give him a, a speedy recovery from this surgery. Well, I hope you know how much we appreciate you. Uh, you, you know, it's, it, it is a joy each, each day that come in and we see you. Uh, we're gone a lot. And uh, I don't know, the older I get, the less I want to go anywhere. I, I'm serious. I mean, the fact, the thought of Saturday getting on a plane and going to Kansas City for a all-day meeting Sunday and Monday is... I have to kind of preach this sermon to myself to get enough joy to get on that plane and go over there. But boy, when we come home, when we come home, come here to and and see you folks. It's um, it's such a joy, and I I pray that this will be a wonderful season for you and your family, and that you get all that you're hoping to get for Christmas and you're able to give all that you want to give for Christmas. I find to me personally the greatest joy is in giving. I find that much more fulfilling. And uh, so um, let's pray and I, I trust you'll have a great day. God is good. Amen. Father, we thank you for just the way you love the world enough to provide this path of salvation, redemption that leads us home to you. We're so reminded in this season of the year how undeserving of your grace we are and yet as we heard last night in chapel, you lavish your love upon us. So I pray that in this season of the year, we, we would just be reminded again of your great love, of your plan for our salvation and our eternal hope of everlasting life with you through your son, Jesus Christ. And now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Go in his peace.